Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 6, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, I had an interview on Tuesday morning. It was 11 o'clock a.m. with one of the best voices in the world of entertainment. And normally when I say that, I'm talking about the singing voice. And while he has a great singing voice and has, as we talk about in the conversation, done over 2,000 performances in the, in the show Chicago, It's just one of those voices that as soon as you hear it, you know who he is. And it is the great John O'Hurley. He is doing a production of Every Brilliant Thing down here in Orlando. So I chatted with him about that. That'll be coming up in the podcast feeds over the next 24 hours, depending on which feed you are listening to it in. But always great to hear from him, a star of both stage and screen. So keep an ear out for that. If you want to hear more about everything that we have going on in the Patreon, Go check out yesterday's episode. At the end of the show, we talk about things that we're going to be changing, the things that we'll be adding, the new stuff that we're going to be doing. That stuff will all go into effect on Monday, and we'll have some new stuff to to talk about then as well. So if you want to get in on that action, go over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon. All right, let's start with the news, Grace, that we said was probably going to be happening fairly soon when we discussed it last week. And yesterday, the world premiere Chicago production of the Death Becomes Her Musical was officially announced, and it will star, as we supposed, Megan Hilty and Jennifer Samard. Megan Hilty will play Madeline Ashton, which is the role that Meryl Streep played in the film. Jen Samard will play Helen Sharp, which is the role that Goldie Hawn played in the film. Those are the only two that have been announced in the cast so far. As we talked about when they did the reading in April, Christopher Sieber played Ernest, which is the role that Bruce Willis played. Also in that reading were Nicole Scherzinger, Kevin Smith Kirkwood, Marissa Rosen, Ellen Marie Marsh, Evan Harrington, Josh Lehman, and others. Nobody else has been announced, but I wouldn't be surprised if a number of the folks who were involved in that reading end up going along with it as well. Schedules pending. The performances will begin at Chicago's Cadillac Palace Theater on April 30th, and it is scheduled to run through June 2nd of next year. Grace, the website for this show is deathbecomesherbroadway.com. So I don't think that this show has any intention of just doing an out-of-town show and then packing up the, the sets and putting them into storage. So I would imagine if this thing is coming to Chicago in the spring of next year, that it will be looking to be a part of the 2024-2025 Broadway season. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the film landscape of film to musical adaptations and whatnot, we're proud of, we're kind of jam-packed for the fall and the spring season. So it's really smart for them to really utilize that spring kickoff for that out of town, get the buzz going, have the summer off, and then either rehearse or retool or do something and then have an opening in the fall. Um, unless they want to keep that open and then if the, depending on what theater that they want, they might do the spring. But no, 100%, it, it makes sense for them to go ahead and secure those handles and websites and all that for their obvious Broadway transfer concepts. Well, and the thing is, too, is we've seen so many shows open in the summer. I guess I, you know, I assumed it would be the fall or the spring, but I suppose if things go really, really well, they could follow the trajectory of Back to the Future and and Moulin Rouge even before that and and start performances in the summer. I, I think you and I have talked about how tricky that is for shows to do, and you have to have a really, really strong name recognition like Moulin Rouge, like Back to the Future to make that work. I'm not 100% sure Death Becomes Her falls in that category. So, I, you know, who knows? Maybe this is the best show ever written and it could survive no matter what the property was. But I think it probably makes sense for this one to wait. But given the changing 
landscape that we have, how difficult it is to kind of get lined up in the theater you want. We've talked about that a lot here recently, how theater choice really makes a big difference. Maybe they'll try to jump on something in the in the summer of 2024. Who knows? But uh, excited to see this. Anytime you get Megan Hilty on stage, it is exciting. Anytime you get Jen Samard on stage, it is exciting. And as we talked about last week, the creative team behind this one is uh, is really special. And they're, they're, they're different from some of the other tried and true movie to musical adaptation teams that we've seen work before. So uh, excited to hear what this one looks like. And uh, it's actually coming up a lot sooner than you think. I, I keep thinking, Grace, that it's like March and it's actually September. So like this year is getting pretty close to being done. It's uh, it's kind of crazy how quickly we'll be into the spring season. All right. So this is news, but it's not a lot of news, but it is something that I am very excited about because yesterday the social media account at Waitress Musical tweeted this or X'd this. I don't know how we're supposed to say that. Days like these, we can only do the best we can, except tomorrow's going to be much better with a little winky kissy face emoji. Of course, Grace, the only thing that this I could possibly imagine this would be is that we're going to get some sort of details about the pro shot of Waitress starring Sarah Bareilles that they premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival back in June and also in Times Square at the same time. I know nothing about this. I know I have no idea where this will end up, but it went to Tribeca. A lot of films get sold there. I was I wondered if they would wait depending on who bought it to make any kind of announcements or actually to even finalize any deals until after strikes were done. But if they're teasing an announcement of some sort tomorrow, Waitress has never been shy about making things very, very obvious when and what they were doing. So I'm guessing we're going to get some sort of uh, of announcement about the pro shot tomorrow uh, or today, I guess, on Wednesday. And um, I will be waiting on pins and needles until we get that announcement. Yeah, I'm I'm obviously right there with you. I mean, if this isn't the New World Stages transfer, um, then <laughs> I need this to be the pro shot. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get into some other news here. Yesterday, it was announced that Cassie Silva is going to become the Universal alternate for Broadway and the North American tour of six. She had previously joined the company on Broadway, and then she was a standby in the Aragon tour. I've seen the Aragon tour four times. Three of those times, Cassie was in the show, which is kind of crazy because... I, you know, I saw it in three different cities and uh, saw her three different times. Cassie, if you don't know much about her, she was in Rock of Ages on Broadway. She was in Matilda on Broadway and in Six. She also, where I first saw her, played Mrs. Wormwood in the Matilda tour across the country back in 2015 is when she started. I think she did the whole the whole tour. So I'm um, excited for her. Congratulations. And Grace, those those universal swings and universal standbys or whatever they're called they they blow my mind. I, we've heard a lot about them with not only six, but like Hamilton, people who can go at the drop of a hat. If somebody gets sick or gets hurt and they, or is on vacation, and they don't have enough coverage, fly out to wherever they are. And especially when there are multiple productions around the country. And even I, I know some of them even go internationally as well. Like we always talk about understudies and standbys and swings being like the unsung heroes of Broadway, but these people feel like they are legitimate superheroes flying off to wherever they are needed at the drop of a hat. I mean, they totally are superheroes. It's kind of crazy to think that that is a job that exists on Broadway. And um, I was noticing a content creator, and I'm forgetting their name, talking recently about if you are in school for musical theater right now, see if you can learn this skill. If you have great memorization tactics, like if this can be a new skill set that you add to your resume, like it's obviously very much in demand. So it's it's wild, but congrats to her. 
That's a good point. Like, obviously, memorization is a part as a part of being an actor, but this takes a whole nother level. And it's not just the memorization like, oh, my brain works that way. I've seen so many swings and standbys. And a lot of these folks, I know Cassie was also the dance captain for the tour, like to be able to do the work and to visualize it and and study your binders and know a role based just off of the page and not really getting opportunities to do it a lot is is definitely a skill that is much different from the normal performance stuff. It's different than the acting, singing, dancing. So it is something that you really do have to harness and work at. Uh, so that's a really good point. I, I hadn't thought about that. All right, some other uh, show-ish news. It was announced yesterday that the off-Broadway show Eisenhower, This Piece of Ground, starring Tony Award winner John Rubenstein, will be returning to the theater at St. Clement's. It just wrapped up an extended run earlier this summer. It'll be coming back in October, beginning performances on October 2nd and running through October 27th. Of course, I spoke with John Rubenstein about it. I think he also appeared on This Week on Broadway. Then I went and saw the show. It was really, really good. I, I think, you know, Grace, you talk about one person shows all the time, but mostly not all the time, but a lot of when we have those discussions, it's about like storytelling shows. This is a one person scripted drama. And I think that those can also always be a little fraught and perilous where sometimes it feels like you're just getting somebody reading a Wikipedia entry and trying to like, you know, work around that. That was the exact opposite of this. I know F went and saw it because they worked with John in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but um, really great. I, I'm ex- super excited that this is going to have an opportunity to come back and more audiences are going to go see it. I think I saw it like a Saturday matinee and it was the house was uh, not completely full, but pretty close to being full. So audiences are certainly finding it and incredibly happy that it's getting a chance to come back to New York for another run. All right, moving over to Broadway. Yesterday, the production of MJ announced that they would be welcoming in two new young performers to the cast. Jace Bentley will begin performances as a little Marlin on actually Tuesday night uh, after we are recording this. And then Max Chambers will begin the performances as little Michael beginning on uh, tonight, September 6th. Chambers uh, will alternate that role with current cast member Bane Griffith. Um, Grace, I still haven't seen this one. I'm imagining I will see it at some point on tour. But from everything I've heard, like the kids in these shows, they get asked to do a lot and they are never not absolutely incredible, which just kind of makes you realize, like, sometimes even if you think you're a talented adult, like there are some kids that are just absolutely ridiculously talented. And a lot of those kids end up on Broadway because uh, it's hard to find them. But apparently a bunch of them end up at the Neil Simon Theater in MJ. I can just imagine that if you are a young person and you get selected to to be in a show like that, that your career after that, people will go, oh, yeah, so, okay, so you're incredibly talented. You know what I mean? Um, like the same goes for the kids that get to do The Lion King. I think that it just really starts them off on an incredible trajectory. So I'm congratulations to those kids, but you just know that like whatever they do next, like there's some proof in their, in their pudding now um, that they've they've gotten these roles. So it's very exciting. Yeah, I mean, think about how many people we've seen go on to have like really great careers having played young Cosette on Broadway or on Little, tour or something. Oh, yeah, Leah Michelle. <laughs> Leah Michelle, like even like Donna Vivino and, and you know, these people who Gerard had, Canonico was yeah, a Gavroche. Gavroche. I mean, it's like, it, I mean, um, um, getting Matarazzo, you know, it's like all these people who have played these these really impressive kid roles. And obviously not all of them even can, you know, even try to continue a career in acting or musical theater or whatever. But like 
when they do and you're like, you see that on their resume, you're like, oh, you were in Les Mis on Broadway or, oh, you were in Les Mis on tour. Like that just automatically means you're not just some kid whose mom thought you were really good in a community theater production. You, you're legit. And it's I think the same thing is going to be true, like you said, with The Lion King, obviously has been for a long time, and MJ as well, because to be able to do the things that they ask these kids to do at that level, at a Broadway or national tour level, is insane, and it just bodes well for what they can be capable of moving forward in their careers. All right, Grace, so we know already that Jeremy Strong is coming to Broadway with a an adaptation of Henrik Ibsen's An Enemy of the People in the spring of 2024, we don't know exactly the details on that, but that will not be the only production of An Enemy of the People coming up in the spring of 2024. While Jeremy Strong of Succession fame is doing it in New York, there will be a West End production of a completely different version of Enemy of the People, and it will star Doctor Who and House of the Dragon star and The Crown star Matt Smith. This one will play the Duke of York's Theater beginning on February 20th. It is scheduled to run through April 6th. I don't actually know if, because we don't know the dates of the Broadway version, if there will be any overlap. I imagine there'll be a, at least a couple weeks of overlap there. But uh, very exciting about this. I love Matt Smith. This is a new production from Thomas Ostermeyer, and they are calling it a bold reimagining of Ibsen's play. Don't exactly know what that means, but we can find out in just a few months. Priority access begins on September 20th. If you want to sign up for that, you can do that in the show notes. And then the public on sale begins on September 21st, which is uh, two and a half weeks, uh, two weeks from Thursday. Um, I'm a big Matt Smith fan. Grace, are you, I don't know that we've ever talked about this. Are you a Whovian? Are you a Doctor Who person? Absolutely not. Um, but I don't behoove anybody. Yeah, no, no, no. I could not want to be further away. But I do respect and honor those who are fans of the TARDIS. Um, for those that have kept up with the doctors, I've tried multiple times. I simply can't. But really? I respect all of those actors. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I, I just um, feel like it would have been a thing. I feel like it would be a thing that you would like. No. I, I guess I got that one wrong, I guess. Yeah, it's just another, it's it's like, a I don't know, it's, it feels decades long and. Well, it is. It's I, like 60 I just, years. <laughs> I, I'm a little British. I'm not that British. So no, it's, yeah, I just never got into it, but I do love and respect everybody that's very into it. I love seeing the little police box TARDIS bits and all those bubbles, but he's a very, he's an incredible actor. What I find funny is that like, can we have a crossover of enemies of the people? Like, let's do it. what's this look like? But I agree with you. They're two really incredible stage and screen actors in these two roles yeah. um, that are going to be like, you know, dueling pianos, if you will, across the pond. So um, I'm excited about it because I think that it just creates more excitement around ad adapting pieces like this. So while I, you know, I, I just think that the friendly competition is good, even though they're, they're not competitive at all. They're in two no. different countries. Yeah. Um, but this I, isn't but wild party in the wild party kind of thing. Oh, it's not the great Gatsby's. Um, oh yeah. That's, yeah, so it's, that's a more contemporary good. reference. Yeah. Good job because the uh, paper mill one just began rehearsals on Tuesday. So yeah, yeah. Good point there. Wait, sorry. You're talking about that. And I do want to throw out, I know that I'm, this is such a tangent. No, 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 please. Sarah, Sarah Chase as Myrtle oh, yeah. in The it's... Great Gatsby is the best fucking casting I have heard in years. Real quick, Grace, let me stop you there because I don't know that they've actually put a press release out of the casting, the complete casting for the Paper Mills, uh, Great Gatsby. But here's the thing. Paper Mills sent out a mailer 
with the entire cast on it. So we can talk about this. We just haven't discussed it because it hasn't been put in a press release. So let me just go through this and then we can talk about Sarah Chase because that's actually the exact same response that I sent to our friend Ashley Hufford when she sent me a picture of the mailer. So, okay, we already know about Jeremy Jordan as Gatsby, Eva Noblezada as Daisy, Sam Polly is playing Jordan, Noah Ricketts, which I believe I, I mentioned at one point too, is playing Nick. But the rest of the company includes the aforementioned Sarah Chase as Myrtle, Stanley W. Mathis as Wolfsheim, Paul Witte as Wilson, and John Drzeski as Tom. So not officially announced in a press release or anything, but Paper Mill has already sent this out to people. But please, yes, go on about how incredible Sarah Chase is. I've had tons of friends work with her. I think she's a lovely human being. She is so funny. And I I jokingly said, I was like, listen, it's always like since reading the book, that is my dream role. If it can't be Little Grace, let it be a, an incredible comedian that actually should be doing this, <laughs> like Sarah Chase. Like, I am so excited. That that has been the thing that I was, I mean, I love Jeremy Jordan. I love Eva. I love everything about this already. That to me was the sell. I was like looking up tickets after I saw her name um, in that flyer. So I'm really excited for them. Um, I think that Myrtle is a really amazing, complex character. And the fact that they've gotten an incredible comedian that can do all things, it makes me very excited. Also, if you remember her from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but either way, yeah. like I was floored. <laughs> Yeah, she was Cindy in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, another one of the people who was stuck in the underground bunker with Kimmy. She was also in the Broadway musical First Date, where she played woman number one because they all played a bunch of different roles. She's really, really fantastic. Uh, A big fan of that. I think that entire cast is going to kill it again. Haven't heard anything about this this score, but if you were getting that level of talent to sign on for it, Grace, like that just makes me super excited. And to wit, I bought a ticket to the very first preview since I'm going to be in town. So now I just have to figure out how to get to Milburn, New Jersey on whatever that first preview date is. So very much looking forward to that one. All right. Finally, we'll wrap this up for people in my specific Venn diagram on Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on Max, the streaming service formerly known as HBO Max. They will have the season finale of the uh, latest season of Hard Knocks, which is a show that goes behind the scenes of an NFL training camp every year. They've been doing it for many, many years. This year was on the New York Jets. Now, you might be asking, why am I talking about this? If you haven't heard, Aaron Rodgers, who we all saw at the Tony Awards, has like been going to a bunch of Broadway shows with a ton of his teammates. There was like an entire reel put out by the Back to the Future social media team about like everybody talking about how incredible Back to the Future was during like their NFL press conferences and being asked about it. Apparently on the season finale that aired on Tuesday, they follow the group to MJ and see MJ the musical. They they pose for pictures with Lynn Nottage and a bunch of other cast members and stuff. So if you like seeing the Broadway and the sports world overlap, especially if you are in the New York area and are a Jets fan, that should be very cool. I, I got to be honest with you, Grace, when we saw Aaron Rodgers at the Tonys, I was a little suspect. I was like, okay, this is going to be annoying. But then like, just because I, he doesn't give off a lot of like theater kid vibes, but the fact that like this, this was not, he a also wasn't giving off. I mean, he wasn't giving off vaccination vibes for a while. So I don't well, yeah, I hope that everyone's okay. Yeah. That's why I didn't think he was giving theater vibes, but yeah. But like the fact that this has continued on and he's like bringing more and more fan, more and more teammates with him, Like that's kind of cool. I like that. I, I like when New York athletes embrace Broadway. Yeah. Agreed there. I mean, it's, it's, it's all part of the same community. Um, at the end of the day, like 
it is a sport and like it is, I mean, but so is dance and so is, you know, it's all entertainment and it's all athleticism. So if the more those teams can come together, and I mean that also like figuratively within the Broadway community, the, the happier I am. Yeah, very, very fun. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt, Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>